Welcome to the Revision Path podcast, brought to you by Revision Path, a showcase of the world's black graphic designers, web designers, and web developers. I'm Maurice Cherry, and this week I talked with Brandon Butler, technical director at Edelman in Atlanta, Georgia. We talked about his work with Edelman, his background in design, and also touched on the current atmosphere in the tech and design community. I think you'll definitely like what he has to say about motivation near the end of our interview. If you like this interview, please leave a comment and let us know. Share it with your peers and colleagues, tweet about it, Facebook it. Just let us know that you're liking these interviews and we'll keep bringing you more of them. So I hope you enjoy. Okay, so tell us who you are and what you do. Hi, I'm uh, Brandon Butler. I am the technical director for Edelman uh, Digital, uh, Edelman Digital's Atlanta office. So I work out of the southeastern region. All right. How did you uh, sort of get started with working with Edelman? Because they're more... I guess, traditional advertising. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Edelman is actually uh, the largest and one of the oldest uh, uh, digital, well, not digital agencies, but PR agencies in the world. It's actually currently the number one agency in the world. Glad to say that. Uh, But I actually joined Edelman uh, a little over a year ago as the senior technical lead for the digital team. Um, And, you know, the PR industry and the advertising industry have, have evolved over the last couple of years, especially as more brands have gone online. So Edelman, uh, along with a lot of other agencies and shops, have basically developed kind of in-house digital agencies mm-hmm. to support their clients and their needs. And uh, so on the digital agency side, quote unquote, Edelman Digital uh, is what we're called. Uh, we basically support all of the digital needs of clients, um, you know, internal teams, uh, folks, not just in Atlanta, but across the network and globe, depending on the project. Okay. And you also oversee a team of, I'm guessing, designers and developers also, right? Yeah, so we have a creative, uh, you know, creative is a huge push at Edelman. Um, we have a very collaborative, you know, workspace. So we work with a team of designers both here locally in the southeast and throughout the country, the Edelman network to, you know, build projects for our uh, clients, as well as we have uh, uh, developers and some technical folks uh, from user experience and QA to developers, all that. They work both locally uh, and across the globe as well to help us execute these projects. Nice, nice. How long have you been working with Edelman? Like I said, I joined a little over a year ago. A little over a year ago. Okay. All right. And before then, were you still also working in advertising or were you working at maybe another agency or something? So it's actually kind of interesting. Um... I've done a lot of work in kind of the digital media broadcasting radio TV space. Okay. Uh, and, and being in that space, you tend to work with a lot of agencies. You tend to work with a lot of brands. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I actually kind of took my licks in the radio industry. Um, I actually, I'm, I'm located in Atlanta, Georgia, and I was the webmaster and then actually grew to be the digital director for uh, Sports Radio 79 The Zone here in Atlanta. So I don't know if anybody's ever heard of the Two Live Stews. Oh, um, yeah, I've uh, heard of them. Yeah, so two great friends of mine, great guys. Uh, they were actually the flagship show of that station. So I built their website along with the radio station's website. And we kind of operated as a digital agency, even though we were a radio station. Mm-hmm. We were one of the first uh, you know, brands in Atlanta to start selling interactive on our website, moving away from just traditional you know, ad-based sales, but really trying to find ways to integrate our advertisers into our content. So we really kind of worked, and it was weird, like we really worked like an agency, even though we were a radio station. So I, I learned a lot there, and then I went on to a couple of other spots, like uh, Cox Digital, 
where I worked on websites like Clark Howard's website, Neil Bortz, AJC.com. Um, also been at a most recently before I came to Edelman, I was at NPR Atlanta uh, PBA Broadcasting, where I was their web operations manager. So I've worked with a lot of kind of brands in this, you know, entertainment, broadcasting, TV space. And you just kind of, you know, you learn from working with agencies what to do. So I just it was kind of a natural move for me to end up at Edelman. And now I'm kind of on the other side of the spectrum. OK, it's nice. Uh, so let's just let's, uh, I guess, bring it back a little bit because I want to find out kind of how you came up from uh, from. I'm assuming you also studied this in school, right? Yeah, actually, it's interesting. Um. I graduated from Georgia Southern University okay. uh, here in Georgia, and uh, I actually got a my undergraduate degree is in information technology, uh, and my minor was mass communication. So I actually kind of started off in hardcore like network administration, help desk support, uh, builds. Like I did everything from setting up servers to doing IT security. Um, you know certified hacking, firewall testing, all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And one day I just got tired of it and decided that I wanted to get more involved in radio. And I actually then went to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Um, and I thought I was going to be a the next big radio DJ, but that didn't work out. But the one thing that I did kind of fall into was I started building websites for people in the class that were doing online radio shows. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, that kind of sprung me back into web design and I kind of skipped over a big part of it. Yes, I did learn web design in school um, and I did a lot of work back then, uh, did like a lot of websites and that was like pure HTML, you know, went uh, Microsoft front page. Right. I remember those. This is old school, (laughs) Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, kind of growing from that, I always kind of did websites for people and web design for people. But, you know, it was something about finding that nice mix with broadcasting and, and web design and development that really kind of re-piqued my interest. And that's how I really kind of got back into it. Yeah, it sounds like you really uh, found your niche early with, with mixing your two majors, with mixing uh, communications and then the, the IT sort of tech part of it. You found that, that niche really early, which is why you were able to get established with 790 The Zone and sort of move up to where you are now. Yeah, I mean, somewhat. Like I said, I definitely will say I put in my chops because there were, you know, uh, maybe four or five years between graduating and then actually graduating and getting my undergraduate degree and then going to a a technical school like CSB and getting a a certificate. But, you know, I think one of the things that really even helps me out now and has helped me kind of grow even more in the web space is that I really have a strong technical background. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, no matter what we design, no matter what we come up with, you know, somebody has to essentially execute and deliver upon that. And so, yeah, I think that that helped me kind of, you know, find that niche of, you know, just enough of everything to help, you know, get things done. <laughs> I got you. How do you keep motivated and inspired? Because with your role at, at Edelman as a technical director, of course, you're overseeing teams, but how do you sort of keep motivated and inspired in order to motivate and inspire your team? Um, you know, I, I, I continuously check upon check on what people are doing. Um, I'm really fascinated by a lot of the stuff that, you know, a lot of these young startups and um, young entrepreneurs are doing. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff that I wish I was able to do. Like you say, I was able to find my niche early. I, I wish that I would have been able to, you know, build some of the sites that I see these guys doing now. Um, 
And so what kind of motivates me is just, you know, continuing to push myself mm-hmm. um, and continuing to know that I have to look for ways to not only help myself stay relevant, but my team stay relevant. Um, because it's it's so much it's so much cool technology coming out here and people are just pushing the envelope every single day. You know, if you don't wake up, uh, you know, motivated about, you know, what the competition might be doing or, you know, what the next guy is, then I don't know what else motivates you. I mean, I'm very competitive. So I think that kind of helps drive it, too. If you weren't doing what you're doing now, what uh, what profession do you think you'd be in? Would you be more in radio? Yes. If, if I could do anything, I'd probably either be, you know, I'd probably either have like a radio talk show or mm-hmm. I would um, actually, you know, own a radio station. It's something about radio. I just I just love, you know, I don't know what it is. Um, there's just something about the radio business that I just really enjoy TV as well, but something about radio that I just really enjoy. I feel like Atlanta is a really good market for radio. I don't know how, how true that is. I feel like it is only because a Atlanta spends so much time in their cars driving around <laughs> that you have, you sort of have that captive audience, particularly during rush hour, but B because there's so many, uh, radio stations. I feel like Atlanta's a good market for that. If you, you know, wanted to take that on as a side hustle or something, you could do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Atlanta's a great market. And, you know, I, I, I credit guys like the Two Live Stews. Um, I learned a lot working with those guys. And, you know, from a talk standpoint, depending on what kind of radio you're talking about, I think they really helped pave the way. But, yeah, I think there's a huge opportunity down here. And, and I have some things in the mix. You never know. That might be, you know, part of my long-term strategy. Okay. All right. So let's let's go back to Element uh, again just a little bit and talking about your teams and things like that. One thing that I see, because I also work with and talk with startups that are here in the area, because Atlanta is starting to become a really big startup city. You have co-working spaces, you have uh, incubators, you've got places like the Atlanta Tech Village. And one thing that I've heard in past years, and probably I'm hearing it now too, is that there's sort of this chasm or divide between the startups and like the agencies and big companies. So you know that there's all these big companies and Fortune 500 companies and things here, but then when it comes to looking for talent, they're not necessarily looking at the startups and the schools here. They're looking in other places. They're not really, I guess, sort of feeding into this whole ecosystem, this tech ecosystem that Atlanta is trying to kind of cultivate. What are some things, uh, are there any things I should say, that Edelman Digital is doing in terms of helping the local startup community here in Atlanta? Well, I think there's a lot of stuff. I mean, Edelman is a, is a great environment in itself. Uh, we were just voted one of the top places to work here in Atlanta. Um, it, you know, and one of the things I really love about Edelman is that it has, they look for people with the entrepreneurial spirit. Because at the end of the day, once you know, it's about that motivation and, and, and kind of staying connected. And I think that what what happens is 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 people look for ways to evolve evolve their career. And this is just a person. I've had this conversation with folks a lot of times. Uh, I personally believe that it's helpful, you know, to work with big brands and big companies and agencies. You know, while it's it's great if you if, to get business, first of all, um, if you have that opportunity, I think it's great because it just gives you a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it also means that Edelman, for example, understands that because of the kind of people they bring in that are very driven and motivated, they have to look for way, you know, unique ways to motivate their employees. And, you know, that's one thing that I'm really happy about as a 
I, I, I'd say kind of a former entrepreneur. I've done my, num- my a number of startups and projects, and I'm not really working on any full time, you know, projects right now. Uh-huh. But um, you know, they've really given me the opportunity to kind of be an entrepreneur within Edelman. Uh, and I know that mm-hmm. sounds kind of weird, but the way that I, the way that I handle my the way that I handle my business, and I literally say my business because it's like you're running a business for the most part, um, is very, I think, unique. And it really gives me an opportunity to, you know, do what I'm good at, but it also helps me stretch and, and continue to find ways to make myself better. So, you know, I think that just helps out, you know, anybody that has that entrepreneurial spirit and whatever you end up going on to, I think you're just better off for the experience. Okay. So... In terms of, well, okay, then just to, I guess, bring it back. In terms of what Edelman, it, are, is Edelman doing anything with uh, startups here in town? In oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, we work with we work with different companies. I can't really name uh, a lot of them, but I will say we've worked with some companies out of the Atlanta Tech Village. Um, and we work with, you know, Google for Entrepreneurs and Google Business. And we've done different you know, events. One of the things here in the Southeast is I do think there's more work to do. And as we evolve, you know, our digital practice more, you know, there are going to be more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're getting more involved in or we've been involved in events like, you know, South by Southwest, um, you know, different events like that. But, you know, as they evolve, I think that'll grow more and more. OK. OK. I know that we've got uh, several events kind of coming up. There's something uh, out of there's a co-working space here called Hypopotamus. Have you heard of it? Yeah, I've actually heard of that before. And they are doing, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's called uh, Southern Fried Supernova. I believe it's what it's called. Something to that effect. I think you're the second person that's told me about that today. But but it's a a calendar of, of all the tech things that are going on in Atlanta, I think, for the next two to three months. And so part of it is like there's Digital Atlanta that's coming up. There is uh a web afternoon that's actually next week, I believe, uh, like the first week of October. A couple of other events. I can't think of all of them off the top of my head, but I know that usually when I see these kinds of events, it's usually the same few players that are stepping up in terms of sponsorship, and it's it's like it's Mailchimp, it may be you know one or two other places. It's rare that I see the big brands that are here really try to support startups in the local ecosystem in terms of sponsorship so it's interesting that you that you mentioned that but i also want to talk about and this is from your technical director standpoint talk about hiring because i know that i have we have a lot of students that listen to this podcast and we have students that ask you know as they're getting out of school how do they get their portfolio together how do they find their first job how do they work with brands you know these kinds of things that they're not necessarily learning in school. They kind of have to learn in a trial by fire sort of way. So from your perspective as a technical director, when you're looking to hire people, what sort of things do you think these students should know kind of coming into the gate? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, I definitely think they should know the basics, you know, you know HTML, 5, you know, CSS, JavaScript, you know, some PHP would be good. I think it's good to, you know, have an understanding of some basic content management systems, um, things like WordPress, Drupal, even, you know, things like Twitter Bootstrap. Just I think it's good to have, you know, familiarity with those tools, regardless of what your level of experience might be with them. Um, But at the end of the day, what I look for personally is somebody that I feel is coachable. 
Um, you know, one of the things that I've just noticed in IT in general is that egos just seem to hold people back more than they help move people forward. And I think somebody that just comes across as, you know, knowing what they're good at, knowing where they need to grow at, you know, knowing what things they're interested in, you know, just willing to take a couple of chances. You know, those are the kind of people that I personally look for mm-hmm. um, just because I, I just think it's really important to find somebody that's coachable. You know, like I said, I think it's fi- willing to find somebody that, that wants to grow. Um, they might not know where they want to go, but they know that they want to do more and find those opportunities because, you know, you want to help them and you want to help that person develop. And, and once again, just in the IT space, the web space, whatever you want to call it, so often, you know, I've seen people's egos, uh, regardless of what they've accomplished, you know, kind of hold them back. Um, so, you know, I think that those are some of the intangibles that I look for. Um, mm-hmm. Just because my personal opinion is this space evolves so fast that I can't expect you to be an expert on everything. But once again, if I know that you have the fundamentals and I know that you're coachable and I know that I can work with you within my system, just like a football coach would do. You know, you might not have the, the, the best 40 speed, but I know that you can work in my system. You know, then that's the kind of person that I want to bring on board. All right. So basically, students, if you're listening, just check your ego at the door. Don't come in the interview like you know everything, but come in with a well with an open mind, but also with the the uh, the attitude that you can be taught, that you can be coached. That's that's sort of what you're saying, right? Yeah. And, and just one other thing I would point on there is, you know, Students have a lot more opportunities than I had coming up <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. with websites like Elance and Odesk and, you know, Fiverr and 99designs. I mean, there are so many ways that you can uh, monetize your creativity. Mm-hmm. You know, once again, if you come in and you show me that, I don't look at that personally. I don't think I don't look at that as a downfall. Like, I don't look at that as somebody that. I look at that as somebody that saw an opportunity, they saw a problem, and they found a solution. And on top of that, they found a way to make money off of it. You know, so if if you already have some wins that you can kind of show, once again, your portfolio might not be the best, but you know, it might not, not, not sorry, it might not be the best, but it might not uh, be as developed or extensive as other de- designers may be. Mm-hmm. You know, once again, if you just do something, you know, get on some of these websites, get on Fiverr, do something creative, you know, sell. PowerPoint design templates, you know, have something to talk about. You know, those are the kind of things that make you stand out from the crowd. Right. You know, then we can start to have a conversation. And I'm telling everybody, if you get to the point where you can have a conversation instead of an interview, you're already in a better situation. Okay. That sounds good. I like that. Uh, I definitely like that idea of having a conversation, being able to strike that that balance with the interviewer and, and really get to learn about the business and sort of what they do and how you can help and, of course, you know, where your role could be within the business. So let's talk about, about you in particular. This is sort of outside of, of Edelman. Uh, are you involved in any sort of local tech groups or tech meetups or things here in the city? Um, I'm involved with a couple, not many. I've been pretty busy lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done a couple of meetups on meetup.com. Um, what was the other one? Uh, not too many. Like I said, I've been pretty busy lately. I don't get a chance to get out much. Mm-hmm. But that is one thing I'm looking to get more involved in. So if you got any good recommendations or, you know, if anybody knows, please let me know. I'd definitely be interested. Okay. Yeah, there's usually, I, I know that there's a lot of different meetups. I know that you were mentioning uh, the Atlanta Tech Village. They have something every fourth 
is it every fourth Thursday, I believe, called yeah, the, Atlanta Startup Chatter, Atlanta Startup Village or something like that. A friend of mine puts that on. He actually hosts that. So. Yeah, I went to one for, I think it was Google for Entrepreneurs, um, because I was involved with the New Me, uh, at Accelerator. New Me uh, Accelerator a little bit through Black Enterprise and 100 Urban Entrepreneurs. Uh-huh. Um, and so I kind of, you know, went to a couple of those events, I think the Black Founders and um, a couple other events. But once again, I've just been kind of busy lately. So that's definitely something I'm looking to get, looking forward to getting more involved with uh, coming up soon. Okay. So yeah, please, you know, feel free to share any opportunities to come up. Sure. Who were some of your influences? Uh, I guess not just in, you know, where you're at now with Edelman, but who were some of your influences growing up? Did you have any mentors that sort of helped you along the way? Uh, you know, I had, I'd say probably my, my biggest mentor that really helped me a lot was my uh, college counselor. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tim Cranford. Mm-hmm. Big shout out to him. I think he's out in Seattle now. I talk to him every once in a while on LinkedIn. But, um, you know, he really helped kind of keep me on the right track in school and make sure that I did the things necessary to <laughs> take care of business and kind of get out of there. Okay. Um, you know, as I've evolved uh, and, and kind of grown my career, I've definitely worked with a lot of other folks. You know, one person that I really look up to, uh, even at Edelman, is, is, is a gentleman, his name is Conroy Boxhill. Mm-hmm. Um, he's our VP of corporate and, and just, you know, trying to find people that I can kind of uh, uh, position myself after. I've always been in kind of a unique situation because I actually started interning when I was 17. Um, and now I'll just say I'm in my 30s. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I've always worked with people two and three times my age. Uh, so it's been really helpful for me to find folks like, like I said, like Conroy and, you know, to just kind of help guide me along the way and let me know that I'm not kind of alone on this uh, journey, <laughs> you know. All right, I got you. OK, so you're the technical director for Edelman and you're I'm saying this candidly. You're a black person that is like the head of technology for a huge PR firm, the number one PR firm in the country. Can yes, you speak yeah, a little bit about your experiences with that in terms of? Like when you're talking to clients, when you're at conferences, what is that like? Do you do you find any any problems that you get from people about it? Um, you know, that's an interesting question. Um, no, I haven't really had any problems. Um, you know, I think that depending on the situation, you know, you can. At the end of the day, for me, it's all about intent. So. <laughs> You know, I think a lot of stuff just gets taken out of context in business sometimes and, and people may go that route for it. But I think the the most important lesson that I just learned being, to be honest with you, a black man in corporate America, whatever you want to call it, is communication is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Um, and my uncle taught me this lesson a long time ago, and I'll, I always thank him for it to kind of mess with him about it. But, you know, I sent him an email when I was in college and I was just using all kind of crazy language in the email. Like I wasn't necessarily cursing or anything like that, but just all kind of slang and just, you know, and I was just writing them a letter basically to say hi. Right. Just like not, <laughs> I guess, professional, so to speak. Right. And it was to the point to where my uncle, who was somebody I really looked up to, um, you know, he corrected me on it. And he t- I'll never forget that. He told me, you know, you, look, I understand that you're talking to me and, you know, this is an email and there's nothing wrong with you know, being who you are, but at the same time, just watch it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, so I think that a lot of what happens 
is communication based. Yes, there are other situations. Um, yes, I've experienced situations in my career, not at Edelman, thank goodness, mm-hmm. um, but in other places where, yeah, it might have been a little racially motivated or there might have been some misunderstandings based around that. But I think that at the end of the day, um, what's important, you know, as a black person is that we need to just make sure that we're communicating as clearly as possible mm-hmm. because. It's so easy to go off on that tangent, <laughs> if you get what I'm saying. I do. That it's important that our communication is just very clear so that, you know, people understand what we're saying. Um, and that kind of goes back to my original statement of just intention. Mm-hmm. You know, if you might not have the intention to disrespect somebody or have the intention to come off the wrong way, but you never know how people are going to take that. Right. So I just think it's important that while... Keep it real. Trust me. I, I keep it real. I promise you. Okay. <laughs> Talk to me with the microphone off, you know, and, and, and not just about this, but just in life. I got a daughter. I'm a father. I mean, I don't I don't play around with, you know, certain situations. But at uh-huh. the end of the day, too, I, I always remember that Dave Chappelle skit where keeping it real goes wrong. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And I think that kind of sums it up perfectly. You know, like. There are situations, and yes, you could flip out, but once again, at the end of the day, is it worth it, you know, or is it something that you can hopefully, you know, communicate through and grow from and, you know, be a better person about? So it's a fine line, but I think we play a party in it as well. Mm -hmm. That's just something I've learned because, trust me, I was a hardhead growing up. So with where you're at at now, and I guess because of where you're at now, you see you have a pretty good... Uh, viewpoint on the industry as a whole, not just, I think, on the tech industry, but also in PR and advertising since you work with Edelman. Uh, what are some things that we can do? And I'm saying we as as black people, what are some things that we can do to help, I guess, increase diversity in these spaces overall? Because like you say, there can be some challenges with identity um, You know, when it comes to communication. That's, of course, important. But what are some things that we can do to help kind of increase the diversity overall? Oh, man, there's a lot of things we can do. I think number one is, um, I got a couple of number ones, like I got like a <laughs> 1A and a 1B. Um, you know, I think number one is that we can educate ourselves. And I know that sounds kind of cliche, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, I don't know. I just kind of realized that growing up, I might have been poorer than I realized because I spent a lot of time at the library. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was kind of where my dad took me to drop me off at for but I, I really appreciate it because you know it it just gave me kind of a, a love for learning and I have a tendency to learn about things that I enjoy I just don't like learning about web design I like learning about anything that's interesting mm-hmm. so I think one thing that we can do is just educate ourselves um, as much as absolutely possible about the things that interest us mm-hmm. so that when those opportunities come up, you know, we can grasp them. Um, you know, I think the other thing that we can do, and I say this specifically speaking as a black male, okay, is, dude, we have got to do something for African-American men in technology, you know, that's focused on help and develop them. Because I, I tell people all, all the time, only thing it seems like they build for black men a lot of times is jail. And I see all these great organizations like Black Girls Code and all this stuff going Mm -hmm. on. And while I do see uh, some organizations focused on technology and minorities, Mm -hmm. you know, I would like to see more. I definitely try to do my part. I mean, I may, you know, you asked me earlier what I'm what I would do. Honestly, I might also 
go back into teaching or go into I used to actually teach a little bit, but I'm, I okay. might go back into teaching, you know, and teach technology just because I think that, you know, there are so many opportunities out there. And this is stuff that anybody can pick up, you know, like programming and web development, web design, whatever you want to call it is not some you know, secret science that you need the Rosetta Stone to uncrack, Mm -hmm. you know, with the Internet and with books. I mean, you can figure out how to build a basic page in HTML, right? (laughs) you know, and if you can build from that, you can. It it really amazes me the places that learning how to build websites has taken me in my life. I mean, it completely blows my mind when I think about the things, the things that I've been able to do, the places I've gone, the people I've worked with simply because I have, you know, some development experience and I build a couple of websites, you mm-hmm. know, um, and and so I just think that the more that we um, educate ourselves and, and, and just, you know, you know, I know there's a digital divide. I hear all that stuff. Trust me, I get it. But at the same time, I read the stories about the guy that uh, found the, 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 the bug for Facebook a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he hacked into Facebook with a broken down, you know, laptop from 10 years ago. So, you know, there are ways to move that if you're motivated. I see folks doing stuff with Raspberry Pi and Linux. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're creative, we can find ways to build that. But I, I would just love to see those things personally to kind of help, you know, us do more as a, you know, as, as a people. Now, it's, now, when you mention that, because I, I, I've seen those those little computers like Raspberry Pi, there's Arduino. I think there's a couple of, of other ones. Uh what about mentorship? Like you said, you when you mentioned you had mentors that kind of helped you in in college, your college counselor that helped you. Um, what sort of do you do any mentoring now for for I guess you know maybe students that are coming up and and looking to get into this industry? Yeah, I actually worked through um, a couple of organizations that I was in in college. Okay. Uh, like Delta Sigma Pi and the Association of Information Technology Professionals. Um, and a couple, a couple other organizations that I've just kind of been involved with for a while and do like some basic mentoring with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one of the things, too, like I said, I've been kind of looking to figure out, you know, what's the best way for me to get involved? You know, that's honestly it's funny that you bring that up. That's one of the ways that I actually ran into you. <laughs> the oh, okay. person that referred me to your website was somebody I was having a similar conversation with. And, um, you know, they actually came across your information and they sent it over. And I was like, wow, this is interesting. And then I think you saw I actually reached out to you directly. Yeah. Um, You know, once again, you know, when I see those opportunities, I'm like, wow, these guys are doing stuff. Let's talk to them. You know, so <laughs> that's how that's even that's even how you and I met. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, I do get people that and I'll, I'm going to do better about this, particularly once I I relaunch the website, because I will get people that will will contact and. It, the contact is usually pretty mixed. Uh, sometimes it's people that are like, oh, this is great. I want to learn more. Some people are like, oh, my God, this is the most racist thing I've ever seen on the web ever in life ever. I, I don't know why you're doing this. Um, and even when I'm reaching out to people. So one thing I want to talk about, aside from mentorship, and I don't want to talk too much about Revision Path, but I also want to talk about visibility, Uh there's a there's a Facebook group that I'm in that's called Black Designers United. I don't know if you're familiar with this group, but it's a <clears throat> it's a small group on Facebook, about 200 people, and it's it's designers mostly, and they're just talking about you know design stuff. But someone threw out a question that was I guess them talking to a coworker about you know where are the black people in IT, and the guy was a bit stymied as to how he should respond to that because he's saying well you know we're there but 
you know, dot, 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 you know. And when I think about that, I feel like it's always a problem of visibility. Like we may have the numbers, but we're not we're not there. We're not visible in the ways that other people in our industry are visible. And I wonder if that's more a function of, of mentorship. Is it is it shame? Is it I'm not sure what the factors might be that that contribute to that. So you're like at a very highly visible position at Edelman. Uh, what can you speak on in terms of visibility for other people that are in this industry or that want to get into this industry? Um, that's a good question. Well, yeah, it's definitely important, I think, to promote yourself. Mm-hmm. But I mean, one thing that I've noticed, because once again, I've kind of been on both ends of the spectrum. I mean, I've been the designer, I've been the project manager, um, I've been the IT guy, you know, I've been the help desk guy, I've been the, the system admin. Uh, I think that it's important that people figure out where they want to go. Okay. And I think that's one theme that I've seen very, and you know, you're right, maybe it does lead back to mentorship. You know, maybe it does lead back to just, like I always say, you haven't seen a big house until you've seen a big house. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I think people haven't seen an opportunity until they see somebody else doing it. And um, like, what's my man's name? Uh, uh, Tristan Walker, I think is his name. Um, he was one of the founders of Co- Four, uh, Four Square. I yeah. Think. Uh-huh. You know, like that was a guy that I ran across online. And I think I might be older than Tristan. But I was like, wow. Like, I, you know, I kind of I started following him on Twitter and trying to <laughs> learn about him and just learned about him kind of inspired me. Uh-huh. And I think that, you know, it's important that once again, if you educate yourself and you're kind of out there looking for information, Hopefully you'll find those things that kind of pique your interest. And if you see somebody that looks like you that's doing it, you know, find out about them, you know, find out. A lot of times you'll find out they had the same. I'm, I'm sure you sure if we sat down, we've had a lot of the same challenges and oh, yeah. problems. I mean, trust me, once again, I'm I'm originally from Compton, California. OK, you know, I, I get it. <laughs> you, know <what laughs> I mean? you know, but once again, like that can't be an excuse. You right. know what I mean? Like it just can't because because the world is changing so much. The world is getting so small. So I just think that it's important that when you see people doing it, once again, that's how when I saw you, I reached out to you immediately, mm-hmm. you know, because I was like, wow, somebody I see that looks like me. When I met Conroy, I reached out to him. You know, when I, I see those people, I reach out to them. And I think that's the part is that, you know, if if, if somebody sees this interview and, and wants to reach out to me, please, please do. You know, I'll help you as much as I as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I won't put myself in a crazy situation, but right. definitely, you know, I'll help you as much as I possibly can and, and tell you and give you any information or answer any questions. I mean, I think that that's it's also on the person that needs the help. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like if you have to just like anything else, you have to hone that skill, you know, and if you decide that this is an industry that you want to be in, you have to grasp the opportunities that you've come across to you know to, to find those to find those stars that streak across the sky and say hey i want to attach myself to this person or find out more about this person right right yeah you're uh, there's someone else that i interviewed who is local also you might know you might know him uh nathaniel deal does that name sound familiar yeah i think that name is familiar he uh he works for cyberus okay in atlanta but uh we sort of talked about that when i interviewed him a few months ago and it was on that similar we talked about that similar kind of thing of, you know, you have to see people that are in this industry that kind of look like you. So you know that this is something that you can attain. Exactly. And, and I know that a lot of times when the issue of diversity and not just in this field, not just in technology, in PR, in advertising, in any sort of industry where 
uh, black people are not very prevalent. This this is like a perennial discussion. In tech, it's particularly pernicious. Uh, and every time it comes up, there's <clears throat> talk about you know tokenism and and uh, we're not setting quotas and things like that. But I feel like it's a fundamental difference of perspective and visibility. The perspective from us is that you know we're people that are in this industry and trying to make it, but we also are very keen and very aware of the people that are behind us that want to be where we are and further. And so in that respect, that's where visibility comes in because they need to be able to see that. Like you said, you know, they have to, they won't know the big house until they've seen the big house. And so if they don't see that in some sort of a visible way, they don't even know that this is something that they can strive to do. They'll be stuck doing, you know, party flyers and CD covers until they decide they have to go get, you know, a regular job or something. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, but part of that, once again, I think it also goes back to, you know, set crazy goals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't set goals that are so unattainable that you'll never, you know, don't say you want to de- design the official website of the moon. You know, that might not ever happen. <laughs> okay. But maybe you design, you know, maybe you think to yourself, well, what if the moon did have a website? What would it look like? You know, mm-hmm. like, I think those, especially in this social media age where things go viral on, you know, Reddit and Twitter and Facebook, you know, if you have a great idea or a great concept, there are ways to bring it to the forefront and get that visibility if you really want it. Right. If you really want it, you can get it. I mean, some people don't realize what they get once they get a hold of it. But, you know, if you have that idea, you know, it's funny. There's this guy that I see all the time around the office that I work in, and he's always talking about, man, you know, I got I got the next big album. I got the next, you know, the next this. And I say, well, put something online, you know, put it out there, get out there, start exposing yourself to it. And, you know, once again, yeah, visibility, I think, is is very important. Um, But, yeah, when you see those people that are doing it, that look like you and that you want to be like, you know, go after them. And one thing I will say, too, is and I think this is extremely important. I'm this is me keeping it really real for a second. Hey, keep it Um, real. Keep it real. When we approach each other, let's not make it always about a handout. You know, don't necessarily hit me up the first time we've never talked asking me for a job. Uh-huh. Establish a relationship with me. Act like you give somewhat of a shit about, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. Like anything that I have going on or, you know, that you actually, but if it's just, I think that's a problem that we have a lot of times too when we deal with each other is that we don't want it to be 50-50. Mm-hmm. We want it to be like 51-49. Like somebody had to kind of come up. And I think that's one thing that I've learned is that I've seen other people and other cultures, they're willing to split it 50-50 because you know what? Everybody eats that way. Mm-hmm. And you might get over on me one time, but will you get over on me again? Are we really building a relationship? So, yeah, I'll I, I, I say straight up, yeah, anybody who hears this interview, please reach out to me. You got a question, you want to talk, that's cool. But if the only reason that you're reaching out to me is to find out if I'm going to hire you and you just want to send me a resume and, you know, you don't, then we, we don't need to talk, you know, because all you, you just want something like what, what's in it for me. Right. Everything is a relationship. You have to provide value. Right. Provide value first, just like anything else. And, and once again, you know, that's, that's what it is. You know, like I said, I saw that you were providing a value, like whether you interviewed me or not, I'm just like, wow, you're doing something cool. You know, hopefully I can help out, <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. Uh, and I think that's what it all comes down to. And I think that when we really understand that, and when we really start practicing and preaching that, because trust me, I've seen it over and over and over again. That's when you really start to see those relationships form mm-hmm. and relationships are what are profitable. Yes. You, know, you can make a come up anytime. 
you know, Young Jeezy said that when when when, when cats broke, they quick to hit licks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I get that part, but the question is, are you trying to build a profitable relationship, or are you just trying to get a one night stand? Right, right. What? Uh... <laughs> you kind of you kind of blew my mind grapes there a little bit but uh, but no I mean I think you're I think you're uh, you're hundred percent on that there were other other people that uh, I've, I've interviewed as well and I know when I would talk to them about mentors there was one in particular this particular anecdote where uh, this guy he had just graduated from art school and he was looking at a local artist and he really wanted to sort of work under this artist as an apprentice. And he reached out to that artist, and he and this is just based on the anecdote that I got. Reached out to the artist and was very humble and said, you know, I would love to work under you. I'm a big fan of your work, this, that, and the third. And the artist responded back to them in the like most stank way possible that just completely turned him off from ever wanting to work with. I don't think it's necessarily ever wanting to work with him, but he's like, you know, ever since then, I've been very leery about wanting to work with other people. So I wonder if it's like the people get that one experience that just sours it for everyone, which is, is unfortunate. I mean, that can't happen. I think that's just human nature, but based on the tips that you're talking about on how we communicate and, you know, present value to people, I think it's also important when you're looking at the person to make sure that <clears throat> make sure that the person is someone that will provide value back in the same way. Cause you don't want to reach out to the person and then you find out they're, you know, they're kind of an asshole, basically. Oh, yeah, I, I completely agree. But at the same time, I would say that is it are you willing to deal with an asshole to get what you want? Uh huh. You know what I mean? Once again, I'm not saying every situation is the same. No, no, no. You true. know, that person might have been completely disrespectful. You know, it might have completely turned him off. But at the same time, you know, you don't know what that guy might have gone through that day when he responded to that email. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that's the part that we have to understand goes back to what I'm saying is not taking things, everything personal, mm-hmm. you know, and, and finding a way to communicate with people, you know, for, for all he knows. And I'm just, just just throwing this out here. But, you know, once again, if that's something that he really wanted, the question becomes is, are you going to let one bad letter turn you around? Can I tell you a story real quick? Yeah, go right ahead. So remember, like I said earlier, I always want to work in radio. This is the story that I tell everybody about motivation. <laughs> so remember, I said earlier, I always want to work in radio. Mm-hmm. So right after I graduated from college, I was sitting at my parents' house one day because I was broke like everybody else and living at home. <laughs> and I listened to Ryan Cameron on the radio on V103 here in Atlanta. And I tell everybody this story. And Ryan Cameron is my favorite radio personality in the entire world. You know, just growing up here in Atlanta, I think he's just the greatest radio personality ever. So one day Ryan Cameron said, we're looking for interns. If you want to be an intern, uh, send me a copy of your resume. Now, this is really before email, everything Mm -hmm. really took off. So you literally had to write them a letter and put it in the mail and send it. Right. So I thought to myself, self, what if you want to get noticed, what would you do? And so do you know what I did? What's that? I made 103 copies of my res- my uh, resume because it was V103. Uh-huh. And I got I went to the post office and mailed 103 copies of my resume to Ryan Cameron. <laughs> this is a true story. Wow. And about 2 or 3 days later, he called me on the radio and he asked me some question. He was like, "Brandon, please 
I got the letters. Stop sending the letters. You got the internship. Come up here. You got the internship. And I'm like, yes, I got the intern. It was crazy. And he was like, just, I was like, I can't stop sending them. I put them all in the mail at once because the mail <laughs> literally delivered the letters like over a week. Oh, so wow. every day for a week, he got like 10 to 20 letters. Wow. <laughs> so the first day, I, I always wanted to get this job. I get the job and he's like, be at the radio station tomorrow morning at 4.30 a.m. Because Ryan Cameron does the morning show. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that they had to be at the radio station at 4.30. Oh, this was a while ago. And Ryan Cam- okay, this was... Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So I had to be at the radio station at 4.30. I woke up that morning. It was raining and storming. And it was, the, I swear to God, it was a hurricane outside. I don't know what it was. And I'm driving downtown in my little broke down car to go to the radio station. I get there and Ryan Cameron, I tell you this, he was the biggest jerk to me. He was so mean. Really? Like he wouldn't talk to me. He told me to go get his coffee. <laughs> And, 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 like, you got to understand, I have been doing IT. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I can be making money. I'm not here <laughs> messing around with this knucklehead. I thought he was cool. You know, and this jerk got me down here, you know, want me to be. He would tell me to be at the radio station at 430. The show didn't start till 7. He wouldn't get there till 6. So for an hour and a half, I was just there. <laughs> you know, like, just sitting around. And, like, I didn't see it as the opportunity it was. And so one day, I just quit. And I will never forget this. Ryan Cameron called me on my cell phone and he said to me, Brandon, I thought you really wanted this because of how you came at me. You know, I'm really disappointed that you just quit on me like this. And that just always stuck with me, like even to this day. So I don't like I don't quit, man. Like I don't give up. Uh You know what I mean? Like and I always it's funny because I've run into him a couple of times and I think he kind of remembers me. He's still probably like, man, screw this guy. And that's cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, but like I tell everybody that, man, like, don't be like I was, because the crazy thing about it is that when he gave me that opportunity, he also had hired like two or three other people at the same time. Uh-huh. And all of those people are still in radio right now. I hear them on the radio every single day. Oh, wow. And it kills me inside. I swear it does. And I promise you, they probably don't even remember me. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Because I was just that quick. I was just a, I was through there. I was just a guy that quit, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Wow. So I tell everybody, man, don't wow. be like I was. Don't let pride keep you from doing, because I, I promise you, I think that I was here to do radio. And I have no doubt in my mind that had I had sucked it up and did what I said I wanted to do and really followed what I said my passion was, uh-huh. that I'd be doing radio. And I love, well, I love working in technology. That's fine. You know, I probably wouldn't even know how to build a website to this day had I been doing that, you know, but I'm just saying, like, don't be like I was because that was that might have been my only opportunity. And the blessing thing was I was able to get back at 790. And, you know, this was, you know, that's that's how I kind of got in through the Web. And I've always, you know, and I've always loved being around it. But once again, that might have been my shot for greatness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so my question is, did I lose it over my ego? Did I lose it because I didn't want to get up at 430? Did I lose it because somebody I looked up to? Maybe he was just being a jerk because he was trying to teach me a lesson. Maybe he was having a bad day. Maybe he didn't want to be up at six o'clock. I don't know. But, you know, you know, hindsight is, is so 2020, man. Yeah. You know, so once again, like I tell folks, don't be like I was. You know, I'm, I'm blessed that I found a great opportunity and I've grown and learned a lot from it. But I tell all my interns that story. I tell anybody that wants to learn, like, don't, you know, don't let your ego get in, in the way of your dreams, you know, because you might not get another chance to do it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, that that's that's a hell of a story. Wow. So where do you where do you see yourself in the next? I don't know, like in the next five years. I mean, you're at a, a really high post with Edelman. Do you think you'll you'll stay there? Where do you see yourself kind of going on in the next few years? 
Well, unless Ryan Cameron hears this interview and wants to give me. (laughs) 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 No, uh, I mean, for the most part, man, you know what? I just I'm really looking forward to kind of growing in this space a little bit more. Um, You know, I think I'm in a good spot right now. And I just I think I'm in a spot, too, where I can actually, you know, start to help out and do some of the things that I really want to do. Once again, I see some of the problems that are out there and, you know, I'm trying to get you know, myself to a position to help, you know, hopefully influence some of those things. So, you know, the five-year plan for me is to just kind of continue to grow and help push Edelman here in the Southeast and throughout the rest of the country, um, you know, to continue to find, you know, cool projects and, and, and new technologies to work with and, you know, just push the envelope to push ourselves. Uh, and, um, you know, ultimately one day, like I said, I'm still trying to figure it out. It'd probably need to be like radio or teaching or something like that. But, that's kind of the short plan. The five year plan is to just, you know, continue to, to try to make myself better, man. Wow. I hear you. So where can our readers find you online? Uh, well, the easiest way is uh, probably on Twitter. Um, uh, Twitter is just at uh, the brand in. And it's kind of funny. It's spelled T-H-E-B-R-A-N-D-N. OK. Uh, no O, just D-N. Um, <laughs> or if you want to find me, I'm on Behance. Uh, just at Behance. Uh, you can find me at Brandmade. And I'm actually working on my new website. It'll be brandmadeit.com. But right now I'm in between websites at the moment. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, man, this has been a hell of an interview. I mean, it, uh, it, it's it's just really been really good to hear you talk about not just kind of where you are at, at Edelman and what Edelman is doing, but also just your own personal story. Like, I think that's something that a lot of people will be very interested in. I, I would not be surprised if someone contacted you for real. And don't hit them up about a job, but I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if someone contacted you from this interview just to learn more about what you do and how they can get involved in this industry. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for this interview. I really appreciate it. No, definitely. And, and thanks for the opportunity, man. Like I said, I, I saw what you were doing and, you know, I was really blown away just, you know, once again, uh, I was just blown away by, you know, somebody just taking the initiative and getting out there and finding folks that look like us and just telling people stories. And, and, I, and I wish you nothing but continued success and anything I can do to help out. Please let me know. I'm definitely interested in finding out about more of those groups you told me about. So I mean, I'm definitely hoping this is, a, you know, the beginning of more conversations. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Revision Path. And check out the interviews on the website, www.revisionpath.com. Don't forget to sign up for our monthly newsletter as well. If you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, either per episode or exclusively, just check the show notes for more information. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.